0: Welcome in to the very first episode of the Varsity Breakdown podcast. I'm your host, Jose Guevara, and with me is my right-hand man, Mr. Lupe Ramirez, and we are finally here. Yep, episode one. How do you feel about that? It feels good. It's,
1: uh, it's definitely been a long time coming, but I feel like now we're more prepared than ever, and I think, if anything, our... Following that we've built is uh, prepared for it too.
0: Yeah, we wanted to finally get this going. You know, I think we're eight weeks into the season already and it barely felt like we got started. And sure enough, here we are. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like you said, it's the right time to finally be able to get this podcast going. So, you know, this is the Varsity Breakdown podcast. It's hopefully the first of many that we are going to be doing. And yeah, it's it's I'm ready to kind of get things going so.
1: Well, for the 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 few people who don't follow us and uh haven't heard about the varsity breakdown, why don't you uh
0: tell them about how the varsity breakdown came to be? So the varsity breakdown was actually a class assignment that I had where I had to uh, kind of make up a network per se and uh had to come up with a name for it and I slowly wanted to, instead of just using the name, the varsity breakdown, I wanted to turn it into like a podcast where I could work on some of my skills that have been, uh, for those that don't know, I go to school for sports broadcasting. So I wanted to create something that I could kind of work on my skills. And I thought about creating a podcast, but I wanted to be a little bit different than my classmates who were doing major league sports or collegiate sports. And focus on something that you don't hear much about, which is high school sports, especially here in the Arizona area. And, you know, uh, when we I finally pitched you the idea, it was kind of like, okay, where do we start? Like, what area are we going to pick? And so I we decided that we were going to focus on the area we grew up in, which is the Pinal County area. Yes, sir. And we started with uh, five schools, uh, which is uh, Coolidge, Florence, Casa- uh, both Casa Grande schools. So you got Casa Grande Union and Vista Grande, as well as uh, Santa Cruz Valley down in Eloy. And so now we're here. And, you know, like I said, the varsity breakdown was just an idea. And now we're making episodes and kind of continue where, we're, where we started uh, just eight weeks ago.
1: For most companies, there's a lot behind the name. Do you remember what was the catalyst to start with the varsity breakdown
0: uh, I was just trying to throw names you know on the wall and see what stuck mm-hmm. you know I think uh you can attest to this I was sending you my mom uh my wife different names daily and it just kind of like you know what do you think about this and just for some reason the varsity breakdown just kind of stuck because for me it was a, a broader idea where it's kind of like yeah we're doing Pinal County sports but we I just wanted to leave room for expanding it where it's like you know it's not the Pinal County breakdown or it's not the Arizona breakdown but it's just a breakdown as a whole and just to you never know where it'll go Mm -hmm. so the varsity breakdown just kind of was like something that stuck out to me and I was like you know what we're gonna roll with that I think I was just kind of at the point where I just wanted to get things going and so the name stuck and I'm glad that, you know, we kind of went with it.
1: Yeah, it's, it seems to be uh, catching with a lot of people. Um, one word you used there was expand. Um, you did mention that the varsity breakdown originated with five schools, those being Vista, Castle Grand Union, Coolidge, Florence, and Santa Cruz and Eloy. Now, just a few weeks ago, we did expand into the city of Maricopa, adding the Sequoia Pathway Pumas. Um, why don't you explain how that edition came to be.
0: Uh so um we had a uh, coach D uh who coaches the Sequoia uh, Sequoia pathway. You know, shout out to coach D cuz he's the one who reached out to us. Uh he liked what we were doing as far as uh the graphics you were making and the little video uh that we did uh for one of our our graphics and so we left that door open for if anybody wanted to reach out to us, send us videos and stu- um that we would be able to turn it into something for them to, uh, that way they, that student athlete could utilize it. And coach D reached out to us about how he wanted his team, uh, you know, to get a little exposure and, you know, he provided everything that we asked for him. And so we decided that, Hey, why not take them, you know, under the varsity breakdown banner and kind of give them a little bit of coverage. And I think it's been beneficial for both of us.
1: Definitely. I, I feel like, uh, especially a team as young as theirs could use that exposure and, and, and they're pretty good. So for them to, uh, to reach out to us and ask for that type of uh, help was really awesome. And then we didn't have any hesitancy to, to, to add them. And we look forward to, to see how they not only finish out the the football season, but how they're going to do in other sports as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's what our biggest goal is around here is that, You know, it's about these student athletes and kind of bringing exposure to the Pinal County area, because that's one thing that I've always felt growing up is that Pinal County has tremendous amount of talent. It's just I don't think they're getting what they deserve as far as, as you know, if you're not from Phoenix and, you know, a little bit, if you're not from Tucson, Mm -hmm. you're not really going to get the exposure unless you do it yourself. And I think that's what our ultimate goal is with this, is to be able to say, hey, you know what? There's these kids out here from these small schools that uh, deserve a chance to, you know, be seen, to be heard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we that's what we hope to continue uh, as far as making these graphics, talking about them on this podcast. And so I think we're going to be heading in the right direction and hopefully we can bring a little bit of, light to uh, some of these players and be able to get looked at by bigger schools.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like one of the the main goals we try to accomplish is show that these kids in these small schools don't have to be hindered by their location um,
0: to get some notoriety. Yeah, absolutely. And So, you know, with that being said, like, why don't we move into, uh, you know, recapping uh, this past Friday's games. You know, we're in week eight. Uh, some teams have played, uh, especially in the 2A and 3A uh, divisions, uh, they played a little, a couple games more than uh, our 4A and 5A schools. So um, uh, who's the first uh, team that you had on the list?
1: The first team on the list to recap would be the
0: game between the Washington High School Rams and the Vista Grande Spartans. Yeah, and Vista actually ended up winning that game uh, 46-12, to finally getting back in the win column and... You know, hopefully it's for better things to come, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, like I said, they've had an up and down season. You know, they go out blow a team out one week and kind of lay in, lay a goose egg the next week, and mm-hmm. it's uh, been real inconsistent for them throughout the year. But they're starting to hit the stretch of their uh, regional games uh, here coming up, so hopefully they could finish out strong. They sit, uh, I believe, at three and three. Mm-hmm. They're five hundred. Yeah, and so. Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things for them moving forward is is building that consistency because they've had opportunities against easier teams that they kind of didn't come out with the same energy they did uh, with prior weeks where they blew out like, you know, Choya 63 to 12 and come out and go, uh you know, against Santa Foothills and who was all in six at the time and yeah. be fifty five. To 18. So, like yeah. I said, a little bit more consistency from them, and I think they'll be okay.
1: Yeah, really, really tough team to scout. Um, after that, let's talk about the game between the Florence High School Gophers and the Saurita Mustangs.
0: Okay, that one was actually a little bit interesting. Even though, you know, the score kind of shows Florence uh, dominated, they won 48 to 7. Mm-hmm. It didn't start out that way. Uh, you know, um, I think Saurita uh, jumped out. And Florence only led fourteen to seven at halftime. So it was it was pretty interesting to see them get uh everything right the second half as far as uh just basically blowing them out the water. And getting stride like yeah. that. And you know, and that actually that win actually uh improved uh Florence record of four and five on the season. But like I said, it it was a game that when we started uh covering it, it was it was a little bit closer than what we had expected, uh being, you know, how bad Salvadorita has been this year but like I said Florence got it right you know in the second half and just kind of closed the door on them and you know came out victorious 48 to 7 so I think that they're right there on that cusp of possibly you know still staying alive to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's kind of like did that window already close for them so they actually got one more game left uh next week and what we'll go over those uh at the end here once uh, we're done recapping these uh, teams. Okay, and I definitely think that that win was very much needed because after having
1: such a deflating loss last week at the hands of the Bears on their senior night, they needed some type of uh, comeback to to enjoy their last home game of the season.
0: Yeah, and not you know, and they've they played some tough teams this year, you definitely. know, and they, I think you know their first three three matches. I I think besides uh, Mojave, that w- that was a surprise for us. Uh, but uh, I mean to have to play Thatcher and Sholo in back to back weeks, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, you're zero and three. But since then, they're they're four and two. Yeah, they found some. Research. You know, they like I said, and they've uh, been on the uh, in the standings as far as their region play. Uh, you know, right there at one and two. I think they just maybe a drop to three. Uh, after losing to Coolidge but like I said they they kind of got the season back in stride because starting 0-3 could have went you know very south very quickly so you know plot uh, hats off to them because like I said they could have gave up really early in the season yeah that's pretty uncharacteristic of Florence Um, moving on let's talk about the
1: game that we were uh, in the stands for Sequoia Pathway blanking the Santa Rita Eagles 69 to 0
0: yeah that was uh that was over by the first quarter you know uh I think Sequoia was up 34 to 0 and you know they just kept tacking on the points uh it was a situation where I think they had opportunity for their quarterback to set the state uh record he actually tied it with uh nine touchdown passes so We could have, we almost witnessed a little bit of history that night, but like I said, it was Sequoia's, uh, was way too powerful for Santa Rita, and Santa Rita hasn't been very good this year anyway, but I think those are the wins that you got to kind of show your dominance and how good you are, especially a team like Sequoia who's fighting for a regional championship, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, they're on the border right there of of a playoff push. I think uh, after friday's game they bumped up to 16 so that kind of gets them in that window and you know a win like this is it's good for them but you know unfortunately even all all that scoring kind of bit them in the butt a little bit uh they ended up losing their uh star running back i call him their all-around guy and trey uh lacy being that he's the running back kick returner punt returner. you know he does it all out there well He went down, was it late in the third? Late in the fourth quarter. Late in the fourth quarter and with the knee injury. So that's going to be something to watch going forward uh, with Sequoia. But like I said, a dominant game, you know, it wasn't even close from the start. And so, uh, you know. That kid
1: was airing it out. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I think drop back, have their wide receiver run some vertical routes. And it was just, you know.
1: And not only was it their offense, um, shout out the their defensive extraordinary Norian Banks. We saw him cut through that offensive line. Yeah, like and and
0: the nothing. great part is he's only a sophomore.
1: Yeah, he's got plenty plenty of years ahead of him and a ton of potential.
0: Yeah, and so with that win, uh, Sequoia uh, improves to six and three on the season. And we're gonna get into why that win was so important this week. Uh, Actually, uh, with our next team being uh, Santa Cruz Valley. So Santa Cruz Valley ended up taking on uh Tenka Verde out here in Tucson. And Tinker ended up winning.
1: Yeah, totally uh, surprising for us because we did not expect them to put up any or uh, if much of a fight against Santa Cruz. But unfortunately, they ended up losing a lot of players this game. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's expand on that.
0: Yeah, so the final score on that one was uh, Tinker Verde 23, Santa Cruz Valley 6. But like you were saying, um, they lost pretty much their whole offense uh, during that game. Uh, and I'm speaking on Santa Cruz. When your star running back, you know, Ricardo Alaniz, your backup running back in Y Ogle, and your starting quarterback in uh, Max Rodriguez, they all go down. You're pretty much in a handicap. You know, uh, they basically played with, I believe, their... Consider their JV team, it was a, a set of freshmen that were all back there, uh, you know, trying to uh, help their team in a very high pressured situation. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for them. And so we're going to have to see how that is going to go moving forward, because uh, that loss actually dropped Santa Cruz record to four and five on the year. But at the same time, they still have an opportunity to win the region. And, and I was uh, going to speak on how important Sequoia's win was and Tinker Verde's win was this week. Uh, so with Tinkaverdi Verde beating Santa Cruz Valley, it now puts three teams in a three-way tie for the 2 uh Rialto uh, region. So you have Santa Cruz, Tinkaverdi, Verde, and Sequoia Pathway who all sit at 2-1 and one mm-hmm. on the year. And so this last game is going to be interesting, especially to see – The health of Santa Cruz moving forward, Um, you know, they play Santa Rita. We all see what Sequoia Pathway did, but they're also not 100%. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can, uh, you know, ride that ship and hopefully that their freshman guys can get some more reps this week and be able to uh, go out and um, have a dominant win to close the season. Let's hope so. Um, You mentioned
1: that uh – there's a three-way tie with um, the lowest on that uh, docket being Catalina. With all of these players being out, do you think that Santa Rita has a chance of beating the Dust Devils or do you think the Dust Devils can rally and find the some type of strategy within their, their team to pull it out against Santa Rita?
0: I think Santa Cruz would be fine. You know, um, I don't – being that – I mean uh, – Uh, Santa Cruz Valley would be fine because Santa Rita they only have 14 players on their roster you know it's it's not a lot of depth there but at the same time Santa Rita if you give them an opportunity uh, to stay in the game anything's possible so I think that Santa Cruz goes in there and uh, well Santa Cruz is at home that week so I think that they are able to find something with those freshmen and be able to get a win, and we'll see where that lines them up for the playoffs. All right. Moving on, let's talk about the
1: game between the Coolidge Bears and the ALA Ironwood Warriors. So
0: the Bears took care of business. Uh, they um, went down to ALA and won uh, 14-3, uh, which improves their record to 5-4 and four on the season. But I think what was different about this one, and probably not since – playing Coronado in week one, and maybe uh, the game against Santa Cruz, you've seen their defense kind of step up Mm -hmm. for four quarters, you know, to only hold ALA to three points. It showed that, you know, their defense kind of took care of business for them. And, of course, when you got Tad Lynch back there uh, doing his thing, kind of anything's possible if he gets going. So uh, he contributed the – yeah, he contributed the two touchdowns uh, for Coolidge and – This actually helps Coolidge uh, as far as playoff implications. Uh, You know, i got to see where they sit out ranking-wise. But they're another team that's right there on the cusp. And um, given the chance, like, you might see them sneak in there at uh, one of those 15, 16 spots, depending, you know, if uh, the chips fall in their favor. So it's going to be interesting for them uh, as far as what they're – playoff chances look like you know coming into this last week and they should have a give me game uh we'll go into that one here in a little bit but hopefully they continue to uh put all the pieces uh together and they're just right there like I said we'll we'll see what their rankings look like uh coming up this week um and we wish them the best because like I said it was a huge win uh, especially being a region game so hats off to Coolidge for uh playing all four quarters and being a, a dominant, and like I said, it wasn't a high-scoring game, but sometimes it doesn't have to be. You, yeah, you know? just need a couple? Yeah, when your defense is rolling like they did uh, on Friday night, all you need is a couple of touchdowns. So we'll see what uh, comes of Coolidge moving forward. All right. Well, moving forward, the last game on our recap is the Casa Cougars and the Walden Grove Red Wolves. Well, Casa went out there and done what they done all year, taking mm-hmm. care of business, you know, 49-0. to zero. Uh, it was expected, you know, Walden Grove, I don't think is that great. And even though, you know, they've been in the past this year is a different story. And the only thing with Casa Grande is kind of like what's hurt them all year is their strength of schedule. You know, a lot of people are not giving them the respect that they deserve because of their team, the teams that they have played. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think for Casa Grande, though, they've been consistent out of the teams that we covered. You know, it doesn't matter who they play. They played two 5A schools this year. Uh, I've been dominant against both of, the, uh, both of them. Mm-hmm. They played, uh, you know, unfortunately they didn't get to play Seton Catholic. Uh, that was a like one we were kind of had high hopes for uh, to be able to go watch. But the teams that they have played, they, they've uh, blanked a majority of them. I think this is what their third Thank shutout. You they're shut out of the season so you know when you have a high powered offense and what they have in a defense that's just been balling out they're they're going to be hard to stop and so you know they they're a team that's pretty much a lock into the playoffs and you know i think they have about a game or two away from winning region if they haven't done so already um so it's going to be uh it's going to be some good uh games uh here coming up especially the one that they have this friday
1: uh well talking about the game that they're going into this friday um that is actually our game of the week
0: so let's talk about that so uh Grand will be uh going down to Tucson to take on Canyon de Oro at the beginning it looked like uh Canyon de Oro was going to have a rough season i think they mm-hmm. started off 0 and 3 and now are winners of five straight so this is not no pushover uh game to me you know it's going to be both teams have something to prove grand not getting the respect they deserve with the teams that they've beat and then you got Kenyon de Oro who they don't think that they're the same team of the past that want to go out there and show that they uh could beat grand. so it's gonna be an interesting matchup um I still have grand winning that uh that game but at the same time it's will this be the first test that grand has?
1: I believe it will be. This is a team that is coming off of a 47-0 to 0 win, uh, taking out the Pueblo Warriors. And uh, I, I think that it, it's, it's much more bigger than uh, week nine for both teams. If you're Casagrande, you're trying to prove to everybody, not just uh, your haters, that you are 9-0 uh, for a reason. And if you look back at their scores, it's not like they had many close games. Uh, the majority of these close games came from uh, opponents such as Peoria. And um, I'm not sure. I think it was
0: uh, their first game of the season against, or second game of the season against Sunny Slope. That was our oh, first close game. game. Yeah. Or, yeah. And that, that one, like I said, they they had the game wrapped up. Oh, well, they had uh, had a 24-0 lead at halftime. And, you know, Sl- Sunny Slope kind of hung around a little bit and made things interesting at the end there. But like you said, this is going to be Cassie real – First test to see, you know, are they? Well, I'll, I'll take uh, the Arizona Cardinals old coach. You know, are they who we thought they were? You know, or is Canyon De Oro gonna come out and make make it close? Because for me, I think Casper figures it out. I think they're gonna win decisively, but that's just my opinion. What about you? What, what no, do you? Think?
1: I, I totally agree. They have way too many weapons on offense and defense to not walk away from this. You know. As winners, we know that Angel's going to air it out. He he has plenty of of reliable targets out there. In in our not R.J. Well, R.J. is the running back, but he yeah. he, you know, and, he does.
0: He, and he's actually came back. Uh, this is um this was actually his first game back. I believe he missed the previous two or three games with the an ankle injury, and so they were relying heavily on their run game. You know, take a little bit of relief off Angel. I'm sure the game was you know done early mm-hmm. and so you know that kind of saves your players to be healthy come playoff time so i bet they love having him back and like i said because before uh you you see uh angel running the ball a lot more uh in his app ab- uh in rj's absence so to have him back it's like i said it, that offense is hitting on all cylinders and you know it makes things a lot easier for their defense so with that being said it's our game of the week. We're gonna be out there. We're gonna be out there with uh, Chris from uh, the Southern Arizona podcast. So it's gonna be interesting, you know. He he covers the Tucson teams out there. You know, mm-hmm. we cover the Pinal County teams. So we got a little bit of a uh, of a rivalry going on, you know. Uh, seeing what uh, which one of our teams can come out on top, and uh, I think Casa Grande handles that one, and they continue that undefeated streak. So
1: same. Okay. Uh, next up. In our uh, upcoming games of the week
0: Santa Cruz will be playing uh, Santa Rita Santa Rita um, yeah, You know Being that it's Santa Cruz's last game I think they take care of business Santa Rita doesn't look like You know It basically look like a JV team mm-hmm. It will be interesting I, It might be a lot closer than What we expect being that We don't know the health of Santa Cruz right now So I still have Santa Cruz winning that one, finishing off the season 5-5, five and five, and maybe it might be good enough to win the region. We'll see. But uh, they're, you know, they're hanging on by a thread when it comes to the playoffs. So it's a big game. They, they need this game. Yeah, you definitely. Uh,
1: we, we wish all their players that, that, that are injured a speedy recovery. It's just unfortunate because that seems to be the storyline for the Dust Devils this year was having to deal with personnel changes not not only uh, player wise, but in the beginning of the season, losing their their head coach who helped win them the two a state championship last year, mm-hmm. and and that's not a knock on their new head coach now because that that's a difficult task to to come in and and take over a program. Who-
0: Absolutely, and that, especially how short notice it kind of you know everything happened really quick mm-hmm. when their coach uh, left. So it like you said, it's been a lot of injuries for them and. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is, and hopefully that they can uh, get healthy before the playoffs. I believe Ricardo might be done for the rest of the season. We'll see on that, and yeah, we'll have to reach so. out and ask, uh, but you never know. You know, a team like them, they sneak in, They they can surprise a couple of people, so we'll see if they can uh, get this uh, last win on the season and see if they sneak into the playoffs. All right. Speaking
1: of sneaking, let's talk about the Florence Gophers. They have their season finale this week against the Eastmark Firebirds in Mesa.
0: That one is going to be a tough one, I think, for Florence. Uh, Eastmark has been a real consistent team. You know, they've beaten the teams that they should beat mm-hmm. and uh, even had a couple of surprises on the year. But this one, uh, it, like it's another regional match, and so – uh Eastmark sits uh 6 and 3 on the season and is 3 and 0 in the region so i think uh they have uh the region wrapped up i'm going to check really quick but um it you know like i said Florence is one of those teams so actually Coolidge and Florence are both 2 and 1 in that region so if they beat Eastmark Florence has a there's a possibility that they could win region depending on how everything else plays out but you Know that that's another trio that kind of are beating each other. So let's see if uh, I think Eastmark beat Coolidge early early in the year, and you know, Coolidge beat Florence. Now, can Florence go in and knock out Eastmark? So it's another one of those trios that uh, anything can happen come Friday. So we'll see uh, how that one plays out. As far as uh, Florence got to get the win first, so.
1: I think Florence can do it. I just know that that Eastmark is not going to make it easy. Oh, no,
0: absolutely not. So we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on that one come uh, Friday night, and we'll see if uh, Florence can uh, pull this one out.
1: Well, sticking around in the same area, the Santan Foothill SaberCats will be making a short drive down to Coolidge as they play the Bears in their season finale at home.
0: Now, the Bears better go out and handle business. You know, this is a team you can't leave – hanging around because they'll surprise you you know they only have one win on the season and that actually became that actually came against Vista Grande and you know that's like we said that's a team that's been you know up and down all season so Coolidge has uh has not been the most consistent you know as far as some of the teams that they played but they've had a tough schedule Mm -hmm. I, I think you know having to play Benjamin Franklin, Yuma Catholic and even though they beat Phoenix Christian, you know, Phoenix Christian's not the team that they were last year, but they had a little uh, rough stretch and then, you know, lost a heartbreaker to Micah mountain. Mm-hmm. So they need, uh, you know, they need to come out and win this game, especially with uh, all that's on the line in that three, a region, you know, if Florence can somehow beat Eastmark, uh, Coolidge takes care of business against santan foothills. We're going to see uh, where, where the final chips lie, man. And, and, like I said, uh, but you got to come out and take care of business. You know, keep Tad. Uh, I think their offense is kind of finally uh, getting a little consistency to them. Uh, they just need to be able to uh, go in there and shut them out from the get-go. Yep.
1: And I think that they will. They Their last game was against the Santan Foothills Sabercats, and they allowed them to put up 13 points. So Oh, who was who Eastmark. Oh, Eastmark. Yeah. Okay. So – We'll we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't I don't think that this game will be uh far from our original predictions.
0: Yeah, so uh we'll we'll see about that one.
1: All right. Our next game that we will be discussing is the matchup between the Vista Grande Spartans
0: and the Oh, uh, they're playing uh, Yuma. So um that one, I mean, Yuma's not uh, it's the Yuma criminals. Yeah. They're they're uh yeah. Um they're not a very good team. Not a very good team at all. They sit at 0-6 on the season. Not a very good mascot either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, weird looking face. But, um, you know, this is a team, though, that can score. Uh, but at the same time, I think that it's uh, we're going to see how consistent Vista Grande is. They lost to an 0-6 Santan Foothills team. In an embarrassing fashion, 55 to 18. Yeah, and so can they come out and be consistent against another 0-6 team? And we're going to see. I think that they can, you know, being that they have uh, Tyrese uh, Constable who's been killing in the backfield and then – you have this freshman in Fernando Moya. They have a lot of good pieces, you know, and uh, I think even Fernando had three interceptions this past Friday. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they need to get a little bit better on the defensive end as far as uh, keeping uh, teams out of the end zone. So this is a chance to have another blowout win. But at the same time, they don't take uh, them lightly. No, absolutely not. So and- I, I, I think Vista is going to, you know, blow them out, honestly, and – uh it's going to be a good start to uh, their regional comp, uh, their region matchups moving forward.
1: Yep, and this is going to be their last home game. After this, they have two away games for their uh, end of schedule on the
0: fifth against Kofa, and then their last game. And Kofa <clears throat> is <throat> another, uh, you know, uh, winless team. Mm-hmm. So. That that can put them at five and three at that point. If you know they go out and and uh,
1: take build, advantage a, yeah, those take advantage.
0: You got to take advantage of those. You know, and it it was a uh, we weren't sure where Vista was going to be, especially having to cancel a game uh, just a few weeks ago. And they've uh, were able to get back in the win column. Now it's just time to build that consistency.
1: And then uh, going back into conversation on the Ala Ironwood Warriors, they will be playing against the Sequoia Pathway Pumas. For their last game of the season.
0: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. You know, you have a 3A and 2A competition going on. Uh, ALA plays uh, with uh, Coolidge and Florence. They're in the same region. They're a team that shouldn't be taken lightly, you know. They played some good teams. I think they uh, didn't have things go their way. But now you have a Sequoia Pathway team who's coming off a a dominant win, Mm -hmm. you know, against Santa Rita. But now... We got to see what the health is of one of their starting running backs. And I know they're not very deep. Uh, They don't have a deep roster. I think they have maybe 25 guys. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know where I'm going to. I mean, I hope Sequoia can pull that one out. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people expect, especially, you know, uh, the good teams that ALA has played.
1: All right. Well, with that being said, we have our recaps already set. We are knowing who those teams are playing next week. Um, Before we wrap things up, what do you believe is your biggest takeaway from the eight weeks we've been following these schools?
0: I think the best thing I've seen that's come of this, and granted, you know, we've only done a page. You know, we made a page, we put out graphics, uh, we put out stats, I think one of the coolest things that I'm seeing is that these players are sharing content of their teammates, Mm -hmm. but not just there. They're sharing content of other players that are not even on their team. And that's also been happening. uh, If you know you don't follow our Instagram, it's a majority of high school students Mm -hmm. and for them to be, you know, putting our graphics on their story about kids that go to their school, it's, it's been really eye-opening. I didn't feel that they were going to show the love for each other this early on, and I'm glad that they are because it means that they're enjoying what we're doing, mm-hmm. and they want to help spread that light for these players. And like I said, it they're not on the same team. Mm-hmm. And so it's been one of the biggest things in my eye that was like, okay, I didn't expect this to happen.
1: Yeah, that that, that was uh, pretty enlightening to see that there were no hard lines drawn that regardless of whether they were 15 or 20 miles away and they wore a different uniform because of their stats or whatever, they were going to give them their props. They were going to share that. And and I, I, I thought that was real nice too.
0: What was uh one of your biggest takeaways up
1: to this point? Whoa, uh, one of my biggest takeaways. Um, one, it, it, it reminded me that I, I love traveling, not necessarily like in, in, <laughs> yeah, in a sense good. of, uh, like going out of state but it reminded me of how fun away games were when you were a kid Mm -hmm. to go to a different city play on a different field see new uh new places and then also go in and find somewhere to to eat afterwards and one thing i've noticed too is that the environment that these these kids play in play a huge role in in how they play
0: yeah absolutely man it's like seeing the different uh facilities seeing you know the different environments that these uh players play in is kind of like these schools you know they're all built differently Mm -hmm. you know they all show their appreciations differently and you know to go to a small two-way school in Santa Cruz and they're lighting off pyrotechnics as the players are coming out and then going to Micah Mountain and seeing you know how they can control their uh LED lights uh you know every time they're team scores a touchdown it's just like you know everybody has their own touch and it has been really cool uh being able to travel and see the different environments that mm-hmm. are kind of uh around us in which uh teams like are they're basically worlds apart yeah. you know because going down to Santa Rita and it's kind of you know their facilities are not like Micah Mountains you mm-hmm. know um it's uh interesting very interesting so it's, it's been very good. Uh, you know, it's been a very fun experience these last eight weeks and I'm kind of excited to see what, what goes forward. But with that being said, uh, you know, I think we can kind of end things there for being the first episode. It, it was fun, yeah, it definitely you know, was. and I look forward to, uh, doing this next week and being able to, you know, continue this moving forward. Cause like I said, this doesn't stop here at football. We're hoping to continue this with, uh, boys and girls basketball, as well as uh, baseball and softball uh, in the summer or in the spring. But none of this is possible without you guys. I think we've hit a new goal, 500 followers on Instagram, about 300 followers on Facebook, give or take. And none of this is possible without you guys. So we want to send a big shout out and a big thank you to you guys, because Eight weeks ago, I didn't think that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think that it was going to take off the way it did. But with you guys, uh, you know, being able to help us uh, bring some light to these players and, you know, enjoy what we do. We can't thank you enough. And we hope you guys continue to support us moving forward and get out there and like, share and subscribe to, you know, our different pages. So I just want to send a big thank you. You got anybody you want to send a shout out to? Uh,
1: no. Oh, yeah. Let's thank out. uh all the parents, all the all the players, all the coaching, the staff, and the teachers, especially, um, for helping these kids not only maintain in the classroom, but um, having them carry out carry that uh, same poise out into the field. Like D said, uh, we we can't do this without you guys. We we appreciate all the interaction, and we want to be as approachable as possible. So if you if you see us out of the game, you know come you know come say hi. We we love talking to you guys.
0: Yeah, you know, and like I said, we want to get a picture with you guys and and show, you know, that you guys are enjoying this just as much as us. And so uh, and also get get us some videos, you know, if you're out of game and you got a pretty good uh, camera and you can catch a player to send it to us because it's only uh, beneficial for these uh, players. You know, uh, they got to take the time to kind of send us the videos that we want and we want to be able to kind of put a little bit of a highlight clip together for them. And so you know, they they need your help as well to kind of capture these moments. And we want to be able to uh, bring as much highlights as possible. And so send us videos, whatever you guys think, as well as send us some feedback, you know, whether it's what we're doing here on the podcast, what we're doing with our graphics, you know, we want the feedback, we need the feedback to kind of continue to grow and get better at doing this. So like I said, it's One episode down, many more to go, and we'll see how how it goes moving forward, bud. And like I said, it was was fun. Yep. And, you know, we'll see you guys uh, Friday night out at Canyon Del Oro in Tucson for our game of the week. Uh, We wish uh, every team, you know, best of luck uh, for their uh, next upcoming match, and we'll see you uh, probably next Saturday when we record uh, episode two, so. With that being said, thank you. You got any last words? Take it easy, guys. All right. Take it easy.